0: And Jeremy's Conflap. The
1: reality podcast. Hi there Bobby. Hello! Look at your smiling face and Bob is in his office today and he's got his whiteboard and his world map behind him, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Yes, the world map, the world that we' are slowly conquering bit by bit. And I should also explain to listeners that I also am joined by my dog, Margot, today. So if we hear the odd yelp, that will be her um, contributing to the podcast discussion. So I apologise if, uh, if that chimes in.
1: Bob giving away his age there, naming the dog after one of his favourite sitcom characters from The Good Life.
0: See, that is a huge assumption that many people make, and it's not true. It's not named after Margot from The Good Life. It's named after Margot from The Durrells, which is a more recent oh. uh, sitcom, which my boys love. So, you know, there's the irony that sometimes a name lingers,
1: doesn't it? Is there a third Margot? There was a Queen Margot, wasn't there?
0: La Reine Margot, which is an excellent French film with Isabelle Agiani, Vincent she Perez. She plays the Queen, doesn't she? Uh, she does, she does. Yeah. It's a fantastic film, really good.
1: Yeah, she's a force, wasn't she?
0: Mm, wonderful, wonderful.
1: Yes, and rather than going down the history routes, what we're going to do today for you, ladies and gents, thanks for tuning in, is we're going to share with you how we won our very best clients, and we've got five ways and five stories for you, and maybe you can do something with that. Maybe you can think, hmm, they did it like that, I could try that. So um, I'm going back, Bobby, but I should just say right at the outset, Bob Morrell's memory is extraordinary. So if you want some sort of details that he would think quite important, he'll have them. I will have the overview and he will actually remember what I was drinking, where we were standing. He has this yes. photographic brain. So Correct. the first one, Bob, I'm going to take you back 22 years ago. Mm. We are in a beauty salon in Oxford and we yes. have a meeting from a newspaper company, let's just say. Well,
0: first of all, we need to give some context around this because anybody who knows us would know that you and I are not the frequenters well, of a beauty true. salon. We were helping a chain of beauty salons with their marketing and we were talking to them about how they marketed what they did and therefore we had a meeting with the local newspaper who wants us to advertise
1: with them. Yeah, thank you for that. Yes, sir. But we did get to experience some of the treatments and uh, that was quite enjoyable. But We weren't really in the market for all of them, were we? No. And this person came in and they simply, this is my memory, you will help with this. They put forward various magazines and publications that we could feature in, various supplements, various dates. It was like a sort of complete pitch. And we were standing there as the salon's marketing advisors, in a sense. And I kind of just, my jaw dropped and thought, wow, they've not asked us a single question.
0: No, it was all about you could do this, you could do this, you could do this. How about doing this? Another yeah. option is to do this. Well, why not find out a bit about us and then make a specific recommendation that is much more direct and workable? And I think that was the issue, that they weren't asking us enough in order to be able to make those recommendations. And
1: Well, we got a bit in sense. We ring the newspaper and we managed to get through to the managing director and the only thought I've got in this, and this is really important for the record, the only thought I had in my head at this time was the person running this organization needs to know that their salespeople are poor, that they're yeah. not good. So I got through to this chap and he started to ask me questions and was very keen that one of his advertisers was ringing because we're giving money to the organization. And I said, uh-huh. this person came in and look, I, a bit like Sexy Beast, you know, man's got to eat, don't want them to lose their job and all that, but you need to let him know he's been rumbled. Um <laughs> And I went through the fact. I went through the fact that he wasn't any good at all. And then he said to me, well, "You seem to know quite a bit about this media lark." I said, "Well, yeah, it was my background." And Bob and I, we both came from media before we did this. And he simply said, "Right, I think maybe you you guys better come and train my people." Then and I said, "What?" And so it was extraordinary. We'll go along meet meeting, we have a nice long chat and we're booked. Yep. And what's what I suppose, if I'm to put a label around this, is connected to a poor experience as a buyer. We were the buyers in this in this situation. We felt compelled to make an outgoing approach. And that was able for us to use all of our experience in selling media, which is our background, both of us. And we won our, our very first training client proper was this newspaper organization. And we didn't just do that part of the country we went all over the country with them yes, uh, we, training did. yes we did various regional newspapers
0: yep and we also went to london we went to the head yeah. office and we did presentation skills mm. how to settle agencies all sorts of stuff so and in fact we did some of our early digital media sales training with them too so uh mm. it was a good win by simply approaching them on the fact that they weren't that good
1: and you've got to remember bob and i are in a shifting mode here we were moving from our marketing business into our training business and that was an absolute springboard for us for media, because from that, we went to other news, regional newspaper groups in the UK. We, you know, That led to us doing years and years, some years of media sales training across our fair world.
0: So then we moved into writing a book. We wrote a number of books. We wrote a book for media sales, and then we wrote another book for general business called The Perfect Storm, currently available in its third edition, I believe, on Kindle uh, for a very reasonable price. And that book had 30 different tips for businesses, and we sent an early digital copy of that book to a gentleman at a retailer that we were chasing, and he received that book. Jeremy followed it up with a phone call, which is an important point, and the reference was made. We then offered to do a free half day of training for a select group of people from that brand, And that landed us a retail training contract which lasted many, many years and sent us all over the UK and Ireland training this major retail. And that's an example of firstly sending out collateral, which proves your value. And it's also evidence of using sampling, a short sample, which then persuades the client that you're the right person to work with. So that moves us on from immediate contact with someone.
1: Yeah. And again, they weren't in a dictatorial mode where they would just select us. He invited in his top people. Uh, We did this sample day, as Bob said. They then all chewed the fat and said, no, this is a bit different. And we were going after this retailer because we thought there's a real opportunity to do retail differently. And yeah, we worked with them for many years, which was terrific. So that moves us on to number three. Shall I kick off with number three? Sure. So we then think, hmm, we're helping a retailer. There's other retailers out there that really aren't very good. And we thought there was an entire industry, actually, that needed to completely change the way it sells, and that was the travel industry. So what we did was we tried another technique. We first of all got the permission from this first retailer to say, can we invite a travel client in to observe us? And they will simply watch us with you because you're non-competing. They don't sell what you sell. You don't sell what they sell. They said, yeah, sure. Don't mind at all. And so in came, I think we had to do it twice. This is where your memory will come in. Did we do it once to somebody from the organization? Then she liked it and she went back and got more people or was it just once? No, it was a one-off. So we did this observation. They stayed for about two, three hours.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then we had a phone call and they said, yep, great. Come in and let's talk about how you can do the same for us and completely change the way that we sell. And I'm working with that client still today, yep. um, literally right now. And that has been some 17, 18 years or something, gosh. Knows. That's right. That's so, right. So that, if you want to put a name to that, that is simply observation. Mm-hmm. They're sensing the experience. They're getting a feeling of the experience. So quite often, some of you out there listening to this, who are selling services. It doesn't matter how much you talk about the service until somebody experiences the service. They don't really have a way to comment on it the way to feel any sensation of the impact it might make so that was our method
0: so then we got number four is a direct approach now uh, we mentioned before that we worked in media and we both worked for organizations that were very successful in the early days of the internet and so we created a digital media sales training series of modules and we spent many years training different brands in that technique and Jeremy approached a major business publisher, Direct, exactly at the time when they were looking for this sort of investment. And that, again, was a contract which grew and grew, sent us all over the world with uh, that particular brand to the US. Mm. And we created collateral that was sent to other parts of the world as well. I remember us having a an early uh, video call with somebody in Brazil. That was fascinating. Yeah. And that gave us a great springboard to show that we could do global projects even though at that point there was only really the two of us who were delivering it so um mm. that was a, a really great thing
1: yeah we started to get into cultural adaptations mm. as you say with brazil we trained trainers to retrain our content and that was a yeah. major milestone knowing that the content's rock solid if someone else can understand it and train it it's going to work they wanted international consistency and this is again our business developing where we're moving from just you know a method or an idea to giving companies and a complete way of behaving of developing really important habits that will help them so we've gone from yeah yeah I suppose that's timing that's partly it was lovely when I heard that his voice say to me on the phone I think your timing is good it's always nice to hear that when we are on the phone you think I'm going to be in here we also had a bit of the youth and experience for that because as Bob said we'd come from companies that had just gone through this exactly so we were in a good position
0: Now then, the final one is related to public relations. So we were asked to speak at an event at the Excel in London. We were actually paid for that gig, and we turned up and delivered some top-line sales training to a large group of travel agents who all worked for the co-op, as was. Mm. And uh, that event was featured in a, a magazine, and that magazine was picked up by someone in another major brand shown to the head of training in that major brand. And we received an inquiry on the back of that, which led to Mm. two or three years of working with that brand. Again, a series of roadshows, traveling around, helping that travel brand to, to grow. So there's another great example of where sometimes the right feature and the right magazine to the right audience can bring in that business by osmosis, really, because we hadn't gone looking for that business.
1: I mean, I kind of have a nostalgia for those days because I remember the meeting with him and he sat there and he had the physical magazine with him, Bob. Uh He'd used a highlighter pen and he'd gone over certain sections going, I really like this. Can you expand on that? He had the magazine with him. Uh Now, if you get PR in various magazines, it's very often digital only for industry only magazines that are struggling to serve an audience. Yeah, Um, But that was very well targeted, very timely. Hmm. And you know. so that's given you a whole range of different things. You've got one connected to a real experience. And I think just going back over these, I'll say some of the bad habits. I've seen a number of people slag off customers thinking that by blaming them for a consumer experience or a business-to-business experience it will somehow help them. It's much more polite to approach them directly and say, look, I've had this. You need to know about that. Hmm. Whether or not you... They take you up on your particular service. Uh, the sampling, again, is tried and tested. And you shouldn't give samples. You know, when you walk through shopping centers and people are getting you to sample chocolates and pretzels and whatever else, you're a passing consumer. You're not even in the market for a pretzel. It's just eaten and wasted. You should only have a sample to people who are serious and in the market. They have to do something to receive the sample. And he'd already read our information by selling, you know, with our book. The next one was the observation and saying to an industry, we've got a brand new way of you selling travel. The other one, again, is a direct approach saying we have the youth experience in this emerging area that you're trying to get into. And then PR. So that gives you five ways to potentially look at your business development, which I'm sure is very heavily laced with things like social media and SEO and all sorts of stuff. But some of those methods, even though time has moved on and we live in a digital world, How can you recreate them? How could you perhaps use one of the five methods that Bob and I used to win some new customers for yourself?
0: I would also add that if you are particularly focused on certain industries, if there are websites or magazines that serve those industries, they are always looking for stories, for press, for new things that are happening because they're trying to provide relevant content. So even if you don't have a PR agency or someone who is is there to generate PR for you, you don't need to write War and Peace to get a bit of coverage. And I think sometimes we think, oh, it's a lot of effort to get that. But actually, your name appearing, proactively mm. doing stuff, launching new things, its I think for the small amount of time it actually takes, it's well worth trying to grow those relationships.
1: Yeah, on the book side, lots of people don't think they've got it in them to write a book. Well, you have to just write your first one. And before you write a book, you write down some ideas. We have taken that information-based selling technique into lots of companies saying, just start with 10 top tips that you want to give business customers that you serve. You're giving away information. Now, of course, you've got various platforms where you might send that. You might send that directly. You might get it slightly designed. You might turn it into direct mail. But, you know, people are short of attention. Think thing about a book, even whether it's a digital book, is it's proved it's gone through potentially 12 months of writing and editing and all of that. So it gets to a certain level. But I would encourage you to write. If you haven't written anything for your industry, just try writing. As Bob says, it may be an article or PR or blog post, but it may actually be something slightly more than that. You might have a whole opinion piece that you want to turn into a, a guide or a book. You know, a guide might be an easier way of thinking. Also, just what is it that you don't mind in a non-competing environment that somebody could come and observe? And does that link to sampling that you'd give away a small sample? The thing about free trials is... They can often be undervalued. So you've got to be very careful who you give that to because people might just take it but they're still not serious. So look, there's five ways. Anything to add, Bobby, on our No, I think that's a, five if, ways.
0: Have a go at some of them and see what happens.
1: Yeah, great. Well look, thanks for tuning in. You've got a nice shorter one there, and we wanted you to give you something really practical, but also connected to the real stories of how we did it. Thank you for tuning in. Bye for now. Cheers.
0: Bob and Jeremy's Conflab. The Reality Podcast.